The sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I can't. Your stories don't define you, but how you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker at Elkins Consulting. The stories you share have the potential to connect you to listeners in truly significant ways. In a keynote presentation recently, I cited some pretty amazing research around the power of story. Jens Madsen and Lucas Perra at City College of New York found that when we experience a story together, our heartbeats start to fluctuate in sync. You've heard the statistics. People in our communities are feeling disconnected lonely, anxious, and discouraged. So having the potential to connect through our stories can be life-changing, maybe even life-saving. The next time you're feeling disconnected from yourself and the people who care about you, when you're feeling disconnected from the people you care deeply about, try sharing a story about something that made you happy or brought you satisfaction, something that that person might relate to. And when you do, you might just uncover one of their stories, creating a much deeper connection. Today's 10-minute episode, When Your Strengths Feel Like Burdens. She wasn't exactly my client. We didn't know each other very well, so I was especially grateful that she agreed to let me walk her through her StrengthsFinder results. I was trying to accumulate more experience and hours with that tool. We met at a coffee shop, and the first thing I noticed about Sandra was her comfort level. She seemed just comfortable in her skin. We talked about her talents, where her blind spots might be, and where she found the most satisfaction in her daily activities. I said, ideation is your number one talent. That's the part of you that often feels like a hamster on a wheel in your brain, the part that maybe keeps you up at night or waking up in the morning with tons of ideas running through your head. Her enthusiasm caught me off guard. Oh yes, I love that part of my brain. I asked her if her ideation was overwhelming sometimes, frustrating because those ideas can flood the brain in a way that feels like you're drowning, especially if you don't have a chance to collect the ideas so you remember them later. Oh no, she said, I love my ideation. That flow of ideas absolutely energizes me. One thing I became aware of in my first year of my coaching practice is that I have to be very careful not to project my own feelings onto my clients. This was one of those interactions that was an important lesson for me because I continued to struggle with my number three talent, ideation, for years. And then... We recently adopted a dog. He's around 14 months old, a high-energy Labrador who needs a lot of attention and snuggles. He woke me up very early a few days ago by picking up his heaviest chew toy and dropping it loudly next to my bed. Then he put his front paws on the bed and licked my face, trying to nibble on my ear and my cheek. It's too early, Jocko. Go lay down. He did. But by then, I was awake and my ideation brain had switched on. The way this shows up for me is a stream of ideas about everything from what I'll have for breakfast 
to painstakingly reviewing every nuance and sentence from a conversation, to planning the next no longer virtual event, all of the details about the agenda, the hotel, the catering, the venues, you get the picture. My ideation can be really overwhelming, especially when all I want to do is sleep or even just relax. And for some reason this morning, Sandra's voice from years ago popped into my head. I love my ideation. That free flow of ideas inspires me. I took a moment to grieve my lost sleep and then got out of bed and headed downstairs to snuggle the dog and feed him. We sat on the floor together while I rubbed his belly and scratched his ears, and I let my brain wander wherever it wanted to go. My friend Aaron brilliantly calls it allowing, which is a critical distinction from surrender. Surrender implies helplessness. Allowing feels more in line with what I've been talking about for years. Things can happen to you or for you. You decide which is which. It also goes along with the Viktor Frankl quote I share often about the space between stimulant and response and the choice we have in that space. Will we give that stimulant a positive, negative, or neutral value? I sat on the floor and practiced allowing, not trying to focus on any one idea, doing what I could not to follow any particular stream of thought, just allowing the flow to go whichever direction it needed to go. For some reason, I placed my trust in myself first. Trust that whatever ideas are the best, the most right, would be memorable enough that I could follow up on them later. I pulled myself away from the dog's sweet snuggle and put food in his bowl. Made myself an espresso, got a pad of paper and pen from the kitchen counter, and jotted down some of the ideas that felt most sticky. Then I decided to follow that allowance for a little bit longer, taking a shower and giving myself a few more minutes for that flow of ideas. And that's what it was. That's what it felt like, a flow. Not a tsunami, not a broken dam threatening to drown me. When I sat down to begin my workday a little while later, the first thing I did was write a thank you email to Sandra, explaining how my experience with her was creating a ripple of influence and inspiration in my life. Many times when I begin StrengthsFinder work with clients, they're annoyed by their top talents because they haven't created strategies to manage and make the most of them. Or they don't see themselves in their top talents because they're so natural and instinctive. Or they try to distance themselves from their top talents, likely because they've been criticized for them for the majority of their lives. This was a combination response to my ideation. Because I have ideation and activator in my top talents, in the past, I'd have tons of ideas and feel compelled, a sense of urgency to take action on them. To outsiders, I appeared impulsive, sometimes even flaky. Because when you add my number five talent of adaptability to that list, you might experience someone who switches gears quickly and sometimes gives up too soon on things we start. Now, I'm sure you can see how a lot of us begin our StrengthsFinder journey, not as it's designed, which is to guide people to understand the magic they bring, 
but from a deficit, believing those natural talents are actually burdens. Now, don't get me wrong. They can absolutely be burdens when we don't understand them, when people around us don't see and value them for what they could be, and when we don't apply them and manage them by understanding their complexity and depth in combination with the rest of our top talents. My first coach asked me about my number four talent, command, and I told her it was not a strength. She said, Sarah, think of a time when you took charge of a situation and people appreciated your work, a time when you did that and it felt really good. It took me a few minutes to think of anything. But then I remembered sitting in a meeting with the director of a large state agency and her staff, feeling my sense of urgency bubbling up, noticing a few things that were going on in that room. We were rehashing things that had already been discussed and resolved. We weren't identifying any action items, deadlines, or people responsible for them. And the cost of the meeting was crazy, given the hourly rates of most of the people in the room. In a quiet pause, I said, well, it seems like we have this pretty well thought out. Here are the tasks I've written down. I went through each action item and asked who would take the lead, how much time they thought they'd need, and together we set deadlines. Great. Are we missing anything? No? Great. I'll distribute my notes along with calendar reminders for everyone. Looks like we won't need to meet again. I'll follow up in a week to make sure we're still all on the same page. Everyone agreed. Lots of smiles and handshakes followed. You could feel the relief in the room that the meeting was over, and everyone filtered out. My boss had invited me to the meeting, and I didn't know why. And as we headed back to our office, he was grinning. He knew exactly what would happen if I was there. I told the story and my coach laughed out loud. That's it, Sarah. And I promise you have lots of stories like that. I know your command has gotten you in trouble in the past that you've been called bossy and controlling. But now that you can see it for what it is, you can choose how it shows up with others and use your strategic, your number one talent and your woo, your number six strength to manage your command, your activator and your adaptability. I was silent, which I'm sure you know is pretty unusual for me. Making the leap to seeing these things as strengths was going to take some time, and this was exactly the step I needed to get started. I'm making an effort now to embrace my ideation in the mornings. It's certainly a better way to start my day than being frustrated, especially with this sweet pup waiting for his snuggles and his breakfast. And speaking of embracing a word, early this year, I explained in an episode that I would be embracing a W-O-T-Y, word of the year, and it would be the word practice. Now, for someone who can be impulsive and seriously lacks routine, this experiment has been a huge success. Every time I have an aha moment, I come back to my word of the year. It reminds me that I'm a work in progress, that even when I think I've learned something, I am often tested to learn it again, and that the more I practice whatever I'm learning, the better I'll be at whatever it is I'm striving toward. Practice. 
Okay, listeners, now it's your turn. Have you reacted defensively or with frustration after seeing the results of an assessment, maybe like the Clifton Strengths, Myers Briggs, Enneagram, or DISC? What are the memories that are surfacing as you think about those qualities that were criticized in the past? And what stories can you begin to collect as evidence of those results as beneficial in your life, as strengths? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will podcast. If you loved it, it sure would help me if you would give it a five-star rating and share it with friends and colleagues. Follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lynn Elkins for storytelling tips and sign up for my monthly newsletter to receive a story prompt so you can begin collecting your most meaningful stories. Thanks for listening. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.